Welcome back to part two, where we've been discussing uh, granularity and micro-segmentation. But if you listen to part one, you'll find that we've started to go off into a whole load of other related areas about um, operations and tactics and the strategic choices you have to make around uh, segmentation and, and segmenting your markets and, and the audience to, to the nth degree. And, well, I'll stop now and allow you to carry on listening, and we hope you find it um, of interest. Enjoy. It comes back to that question, doesn't it, of what which segments matter or what, what representation yep. matters with your customers. Yep. Because I suppose I would say, overall, if it was a perfect marketer's world, I would say that I'd want my brand, my company, to have the most highly personalised relationship with every single person out there. Completely. So you are totally aligned with their needs, wants, desires, yep. their relationships, influences upon them, the whole lot. And, yep. you know, every time you received a message from that brand, then it would be like, oh, it's like an old friend. They know exactly Completely. who I am, what I want, what drives me. They're there for me. You've got yeah. all of that. But in order to achieve that, I mean, it's not impossible, but it's no. almost impossible to do yeah. that. And it gets more and more impossible the bigger your customer base becomes. Mm. Because you have to, you, you just haven't got time. If you've got, you know, a million customers, let's say there are a million repeat customers, you just haven't got time to have that relationship with them. So th- there are some brands that don't even try. So let's, I'm good, this is an extreme example. Let's say people who buy Smarties, I very much doubt that they just might have a relationship with people who prefer orange Smarties to blue Smarties or that, but <laughs> Even that is pushing your luck. Basically, these fast-moving commercial goods, you're just a, you're just a smarty eater, and that's as close as you're going to get. And there are billions of them, so it doesn't matter. But if I'm a person who specifically is interested in a very niche load of books that are, that are writing about making your dog into a pineapple, or, you know, there are some strange books out there, dyeing your dog pineapple colour. Then I can probably have. There's probably only about a thousand of us, and I might you might be able to have that really detailed relationship with me. But you've got to recognise it's it's a it's all about the numbers because you haven't got time to find every orange smarty lover. You just haven't. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And and then again, it just comes back to that, that incredibly practical question, doesn't it? About even if we could define all these people well. Okay, and then we perhaps we even say yes, it might make a difference because we might be able to get greater customer loyalty from them and make them into better yeah, referrers yeah. and the rest of it. But I mean, again, would that be the best thing to do in comparison to this? How much would it cost in terms of time and systems yeah. and training and everything else for us to do that yeah. in comparison to doing this other thing over here, which we could actually do to get another million customers who are you know just well, I hate to say standard customers, but you know on no, regular. That's right persona yep. a regular segment so it's all the it's it's those high up high level decisions isn't it so yep. saying what is preferable here and then and that's why i think i thought about this in the beginning more about sort of the the small business as opposed to large business because you know just the pure access to the kind of technology you need to you know anybody can get a, a sort of an email software online and, and they can they can personalize you know so you say dear dave instead of dear customer you know yes we can do that and then we can perhaps even have some systems which have some dynamic content which drop in to say insert here dave's favorite product you know exactly you um, bought this you must be interested in this exactly so you know so the databases are working and and it's feeding in and we get some nice dynamic content so of course we try try to emulate amazon and sort of surface the stuff we think dave would like absolutely so we've done that we're perhaps not 
we put in blocks of content rather than changing our whole message and our whole sort of relationship interaction with him. But we can do that sort of stuff to a certain degree. But of course, the time and the the resources we have to really dig deeper and understand some of his insights about the Daves of this world, we can't necessarily do because we just, again, we don't have the time, the resource or the opportunity yep. to do it. So it's, it's almost like an aspiration perhaps for lots of smaller businesses out there. But I think it's almost that's why you have to come back, isn't it, to this kind of the fundamentals of why and how do we want to do that? Let's not run before we can walk. Yeah. And let's let's focus on what's going to hopefully genuinely make a difference to the customers rather than, you know, doing it for the sake of doing it, I think, as well. Yeah. And for your small businesses, it's really important that you are, because to be honest, you're, should you have a different sales and marketing team, if your business is big enough to have a separate sales team, remember that your sales team is segmenting the audience all the time they are going to see mr wiggins who buys widgets but he buys blue widgets and he knows that and he's trying to upsell him into the red widget market but he is thinking yeah he's a bit like him so i'll actually use that person as an example so the salespeople are actually doing it on the ground all the time out of their heads Mm. because it increases their sales return and it might be useful to occasionally get the marketing people to sit down with the salespeople and say how are you segmenting the people you're selling to? Because mm. maybe we should replicate that online. Maybe yeah. some of our campaigns should do that as well. And then you can, if you, the tighter you work together, the less effort it is for both of you. Because then you've, you're, you, the marketing team, are warming up pre-segmented people that the salespeople are trying to sell to. So it's, it's definitely worth talking to each other. Yeah, and I, I think, again, it's hit on two interesting things there in particular. There's the, the communication, talking to each other, as you say, we said before about being aligned, so mm-hmm. important. Yeah, And then the whole thing about, which I was thinking, leads to the whole idea, idea of testing, actually. So if you're not sure, yeah, if you really think, good point. you know, it's, it's like, again, you can get the best insights internally or through the data you have available or through, you know, I mean, the worst thing perhaps is someone just having a hunch, but perhaps they have a hunch, perhaps they talk to their sales representatives and they say, yeah, yeah, you know, you guys really should be trying to um, reach out to this, develop this community, this sub-community, yep. this sub-segment, because there's, there's a real, they really have different interests. And I think yep. in the future, I can see them really wanting to do this with us or, or want that or want this. And so then you go, okay, fine, right, well, let's, let's start with the hypothesis then and let's let's test it. And then, you know, if it comes back over a period of time that, Actually, no, we we can't discern any meaningful insight that suggests that is a trend. Um, then at least we've tried, you know. Um, perhaps it really reveals something very different. Or it's it, again, that's what I find fascinating about the whole subject, really, is is that whole is it this that's driving? Is it because they are red-headed dog owners, <laughs> or is it because actually all these red-headed dog owners we found the sales team have suggested really do want this new product? It's actually because they live in a much colder part of the country. Or, Absolutely. That's really you know, interesting. And that that's the real, that's yeah. what, I think that excites me about marketing full stop is, is just trying to understand the patterns and, and the psychology a bit around people and the group behaviour. Um, Absolutely. Which leads you on, doesn't it, I think? Yep. I mean, to be honest, but if you're in the middle of a general election, let's say, just suppose tomorrow we had a general election, there's a lot of herd management there. So people like you are voting for this. And it's a re- that, that, as you said, that group behavior is really powerful. And if you've got a product, that's what we were saying before, is it just you that wants to dye your hair the same color as your dog? Or is there lots of people that do that? 
And is that going to make you feel more comfortable or are you going to lose your unique thing and you're going to be cross about it? So you've got to look at these things quite hard. I mean, I used to, personally, Foils is a book, is a big bookshop in London. And it used to be the the owner of Foils, Lady Foyle, used to dye her Afghan hounds the same colour as her hair. Wow. Gosh. And sweep through the bookshop with her Afghan hounds on leads. And she became, you know, it was it was a Lady Foyle thing to do. They all looked at Lady Foyle. She would not have done that if every time she went out the house, everyone had dyed their Afghan hounds pink to match their hair. So you've got to look at what your audience wants, what, what side of the herd your audience wants to be. Mm, that's interesting. I mean, funnily enough, I went into a Foyles, I believe. Ah, very good. With all its royal warrants on the outside. But it had taken over from an old Jack Will stall where I'd gone. And I recognised it. Oh, I just remember that. What that was like, and I'm getting to a completely different subject here about sort of brand identity and and the assets you have around. And I remembered because I'd been to Waterstones as well to name check another brand, a bookshop, and uh, that was big and crammed for lots of stuff. And the forums did feel it had you know those moving like in an old library, the moving um, oh, ladders which yes. go around. You know? Oh yes, proper proper book stuff. Proper book stuff, but it felt like it had been there a long time. And I knew very well, it'd been there less than a year, the actual oh, store. Okay. That's interesting. But the brand was very well established. And so everything they'd done, it was just like, oh, this feels it feels like the kind of bookshop you want to go in and buy a book and sit down and read it in the stock in the shop. Brilliant. And it for me, it felt this, oh, just and really high quality books. They put on show, they're really big, ridiculously expensive, probably, um, books and things like that. And they they put for my personal favorite, PG Woodhouse, they put a whole section of PG Woodhouse, which I've never seen before, an entire Love. floor to ceiling of PG Woodhouse. And so they'd clearly picked out as an audience segment. You know, yeah, member like absolutely. someone like me. I just and do you know what I did? I stood there and I took a picture of it. I actually took a picture of it on my phone. Wow! Um, wow. I haven't shared it yet, but I could. I could have been tempted to have shared it and gone. Yeah. Wow! Other PG Woodhouse lovers, there's this great yeah. new shop here, and blah blah blah. And that, so they got that beautifully right. I think in terms yes. of you know, I mean, that's talking about the whole you know no, store design and the rest really of it. Really interesting because <laughs> what they've done is they've they've highlighted the segment with their product. Not just mm. by going, oh, this is what the data says. They've actually gone, this product, this is the product which is segmenting the audience. Mm, mm, and yeah. that's brilliant. That's a very good description. And you might want, you might be able to do that with your product, actually. That's a perfect example. But it's not just looking at the audience, it's about looking at who is magnetically attached to which bit of your product. Yeah, exactly. And because there's a, there's another part of this, I think, about the the groups that we see out there and the whole thing about, you know, I mean, I know. Some sort of passe these days, but people are talking about tribes and what's your tribe and, and you know where do you collect online? And of course, an awful lot of the where you're hanging out, how do we find people? So if you're starting out with a product and then going, okay, well, this this product is designed, it's come from a need of again, let's go back to the uh let's go to the handbags, I suppose. There's a new kind of like urban handbag thing which people need, which is like easily to clip onto your belt or something. I don't know. So it's not really a handbag anymore, it's more of a belt bag or who knows, yeah, something no, like that. Absolutely, it's a man bag. It's a, it's a man bag and you sort of you found these tribes and this is typically associated with i don't know 40 year old gamers or something you know blokes who are gamers and they need that to have i don't know something in that they need three anyway. mice in exactly yeah they, they can have that they can have, they can have all all sorts of things but 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 if you're sort of finding the places you say well we have uh, an offering here you know and we're looking for the watering holes where they are and and we can see they have these communities 
can you therefore sort of launch your brand into those communities? Or if you're established already, you sort of you you empower your followers and community to say, now you're creating your own mini segments. So you're we're feeding you, we're facilitating you to sort of help us segment yep. again for us. And then we can test and see. Again, it comes back to the whole what sort of data do you get from this? Yep. And then how much do you privacy-wise, how much do you sort of, you know, treat That's people like right mice in an experiment to go yeah. what are they doing <laughs> yes um, the fine line between exploitation and sort of mm. you know customer relationship enhancement isn't it yeah indeed it's, um it's all of that so but it's interesting how people have done that i suppose and obviously particularly social media is the whole you know yeah. and influences and, and whatnot as well but um perhaps i'm getting a bit off topic i suppose but um but i think it's really interesting because it also feeds into because a long time ago when we spoke to amanda classens about market research one of the things your market research might be is identifying groups of like-minded people mm. because a market research can do a lot of segmentation for you. I mean, it can do asking big questions about your products, et cetera, et cetera. But quite a lot of it could be about not just identifying the segments, but seeing whether they want to be seen as a segment. Mm. Because some of them might be thinking, well, yeah, I do. I do want a man bag that I can fit three gaming mice in so that I can just whip them out at any point and play my deathmatch warrior game <laughs> in <laughs> moments of, of stress. But actually, I, I don't want that to exclude me from also being part of this group over here. And so I'm a bit worried now because you seem to think I'm just over here. And actually, I also want to read P.G. Woodhouse. Mm. So you've got to be careful that you don't start excluding people because you've segmented them. You can be, you should be able to easily be be able to be a member of more than one group. Yeah, I, I mean, gosh, that's a fantastic point you made again. You're on fire today. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's brilliant. I mean, about the whole complexity of um, of people and the complexity of personas and and the data insights you have on them, but to understand well, there are these things that unite them, and there are these yeah. things that, that separate people, and therefore. Yep. What are the differences that matter? And is there an opportunity from a commercial point of view, is there an opportunity to, you know, refer to that difference and look into it and develop sort of a different yeah. a different type of relationship with this group on this particular basis as opposed yeah. to other people in other groups? And as you say, it's, it's that it, the complexity of the percent. why it's so important that if personas have a genuine name and that you're trying to think about Absolutely. them after as a real person. So knowing yeah. that, yes... I may like certain things on a first half of the week and the weekend I do things very differently or, or you know, yeah. the week's all about work, the weekend's all about family or yes, perhaps you're a, 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 a very sensible kind of, as you said, I don't know. Yeah. You, you read PG Woodhouse by the fireside uh, with a nice yeah. glass of expensive wine, but you know, actually on a Saturday you're out there tearing uh, it up clubbing. on a skateboard yeah, or, clubbing exactly. or whatever, you know, so you don't, you don't, follow a, a, an absolute as we, none of us do we, none of us no. follow exact patterns but no. then that all comes back again to the data the insights what how yeah. well you know people and then what are the, ch- the the decisions you make in terms of how you interact with them really so um yeah it's, oh, so, it's i mean there might well be a very large segment of pg woodhouse loving world of warriors gamers as well they might be a huge they might have a huge subsection of conversations but you need to make sure that you don't make sure that they're forced into being. You don't want to make make force PG Woodhouse lovers to play computer games to get the best out of your product. That's mm. that because that can happen too. Like I get, I to be honest, when Amazon brought in, you bought this, you might like this. A little bit of thinking. Mm, trouble is, I don't like that. I've read mm. that and I didn't like it at all. 
So now I don't trust you. And it mm. does it does really interesting things if you get to the level of saying, oh, I think you're like this, so you'll do this. That's quite, it can get shaky ground on how much your customers trust you. And again, that that is the word, isn't it? Trust. I mean, because I was just thinking about the whole way, the way you know we can see this in the next five years, 10 years going in terms of there's going to be, there has been more and more data created. Perhaps with more data comes fewer insights. I mean, ideally, if you've got more data, you want to draw more meaningful insights. But that's the challenge, I think, seeing into the future for marketers, isn't it? It's, it's how do you maintain trust? Because I can see a trend. And again, this is my personal observation of the world. But certainly in the UK and, and in the West, I would say in particular, there seem to be people are less trusting of, yep. of these big brands, particularly digital brands. They don't like the idea of being, um, because they know people can segment them with all sorts of algorithms and everything else. Completely. People want to be seen as individuals. Yep. So the challenge for the marketers and the technology guys, the digital guys out there is like, well, how can you tr- make someone, tr- allow them you know, to trust you um, yep. and enable you to actually understand enough about them so you're relevant yep without tipping the balance too far into, uh, as you say, wow, there's these things, these things. People don't want to feel that they're exploited in a sort of commercial yeah, oh, sense. completely, yeah. So again, I mean, again, all these conversations always for me come back to how can you replicate in a way which is um, done with adequate resources that, that you have and the time you have available and the budget you have available um, and the teams you have available, how can you take all of those inputs and turn them into a relationship with your customer, which is one based on mutual respect and trust, so that's what they feel is, you know, you're adding value to them. That's the ultimate challenge. That's exactly right. No, you're exactly right. You, you've been saying all the way through that you've got to look at your data with care. Mm. You can't just say, oh, because the data says 20 people are doing this, I'm going to treat them all the same. That's It can become a, a really dangerous little tipping point where, you, as you absolutely said, you lose them. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I, and it's, it's so, I mean, I, I guess you can see how we've, talked about in the past how you have these super duper amazing programs that can do all sorts and analytics that can do a huge amount and it's um it's funny how when i'm going to be doing a bit of training on this in terms of metrics and meet meaningful metrics again and just sort of saying you know how i mean and that is the challenge just having something that's a well-oiled machine that has you know some automated functionality to it and the whole introduction of ai and all of this the business yep. going on and machine learning and We've got all of that stuff going on, but I mean, unless you put the right set, the correct calibration and the right inputs at the beginning, uh-huh. you you could very quickly it could run away, and you end up getting something that doesn't achieve its initial goal. That's exactly. saying, you know, this amazing program can understand your audiences far better than you've ever had, and it can do incredible granularity. And then everyone goes, no, we don't like granularity. Actually, I mean, I just like to be. You know, you're just selling me a chocolate bar or something, that, that, <laughs> exactly. or Smarties. Exactly. That's all you need. I like the taste. There you go. And I'm, you know, I mean, that's an extreme example, perhaps, but but it's that thing, isn't it? Just saying what is important, particularly when you're just starting out or you're a medium-sized business who's going right. We're going to the next stage in investing in our marketing. This should influence your thinking. Um, what to do, shouldn't it? Really, I think. exactly. But authorizing it. I mean, it's really interesting because you could send out wonderful email campaigns which are just targeted to a certain number of people and they've had perfect um, landing pages they've got perfect customer journeys tracked out it's all going tremendously well and you're it's funneling hundreds of leads into your crm and absolutely none of them are being authorized by the sales department because they're all wrong mm. so yes you've done it all very carefully and it's all been automated and you think you've absolutely segmented it perfectly and when all the leads have arrived in the sales departments because you you authorize them by the sales they've gone no, wrong. 
wrong, not right, not part of the group. And you think, mm, that's when, so you can't just measure, you have to measure it all the way down till you've absolutely got the customer. Yeah, exa- exactly. And and then when you've got to that point of, of then having the customer, I suppose, that's when then you're, you're far more likely to get more information, more feedback, yeah, more meaningful exactly. understanding um, yeah. about them, isn't it, as well? So, gosh, I, I, I feel we've kind of gone <laughs> looking at, you know, sort of granularity and segments and yep. managed to sort of take it into lots of other interconnected areas, yeah. which is where it and should be. when we be, started really. this, we thought we weren't going to have enough to say. <laughs> yeah, here we are. I know. <laughs> Gosh, it's much more complicated than we ever thought. It is, it is. But there's also, I, I do feel a sort of a good sense of, in my mind anyway, of, of kind of joins a lot of dots together. And, right. and it, 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 it's, and I, and I think it's hopefully that, you know, people can understand there's that kind of, as we're saying, there's the complexity about whether you're going to do something or not. There's yep. the technology involved, there's the people involved, there's the budget processes, all of these things that need yep. to line up. Um, to yeah. enable you to, to to do these things, and actually, yes, yeah, so if you are going to so say the ideal goal of going towards, you know, as as targeted as as meaningful relationships you can possibly have with every single customer, there are bumps along the road, and there are lots of decisions to be made um, to get there. But yeah, hopefully, we've summed up some yes, of those. I think so. And I think you've been saying all the way through that one size does not fit all. So don't think this is how to do it because. Mm. It, how this company does it won't be the same as how your company does it. So it's a completely unique experience every time. Exactly, exactly. And that's why it's yeah, it's so important, as you say, to see where you are, what you're selling, and yeah, your life cycle, all the rest of it. It's 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 so important to to keep that in mind. But gosh, I think, well, I'd be interested to know if um, anybody out there has any other different yeah. thoughts or opinions Absolutely. on this. Or if you, or your experience of segmenting your audience, did it work? Was it worthwhile? Did you mm. have any hiccups? Did it put anybody off, et cetera? It'd be really interesting to know. Yeah, that would be great, actually. An example of, you know, perhaps you went into a company, an organisation and and they said, yeah, well, we know our audience. They're this. And it's one segment, that's it. And he said, ah, oh, but hang on a minute. Let's look at some data. And there were these two groups. And then you worked it yep. through. And then all of a sudden, you've got some fantastic results, perhaps. And, yeah. and they've yeah, now got three brands. Yeah. Really exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. So, so yes, don't feel shy about coming no. forward or always join or any in. examples, you know, examples of where you've seen this happen, perhaps not personally, but you, you've seen it um, elsewhere. That'd be great. But um, yes, we'd love to hear from you, wouldn't you? Yes, I think we absolutely would. Be... would. We always do. We're always interested in what you have to say because we waffle on for an hour. And actually, we want to know what you're thinking too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, that'd be great, actually. So, um, well, thank you. I enjoyed that, Sally. Yeah, thank very you very much. It was tremendous. Thank you. Yeah, so f- find us um, on, uh, well, you can email us, uh, meanderspod at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and also LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where we're going to be publishing some more articles and things, I think, yes, soon. we so, are indeed. Um, yeah. If you look up either me or Sally individually, then you'll see lots you'll of activity there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, get in touch, meandering yeah. around. Yeah, and tell all your friends to listen to this. So if anyone you think might be interested, tell them. Absolutely. And you can find definitely. us everywhere. Every kind of podcast, marketing meanders. Pop it in, and there we pop out again. Pop out at we you. Do. All our hundred plus episodes will be Indeed. available to you. So absolutely, <laughs> you can listen to us yes. for months. Yeah, just just you know, just feel like you know us personally after a while. No, definitely do it, everyone. And um, yes, um, all the best. Thank you very much. Bye for now.